Hello and welcome to Pop Salsa, a weekly geek-centric podcast where we dive in and unpack the week's entertainment news, focusing on TV and film. I am your host, Joel, accompanied by my good buddy, Ernesto. Hey! Let's get into it, shall we? Yeah. So this week I wanted to open with a story. Mm. Like something that happened to Ernie and I don't know if he well, he remembers because he had me tell him before we started. I kind of <laughs> wanted it to be a surprise, but whatever. Um, oh, I ruined the surprise. I'm sorry. So this happened when we were in, still in uh, college. So we, uh, Ernesto and I both went to PCC, Pasadena City College. Mm. And for those of you who know, it has two main parking structures. Right, one that's on the east side and one that's on the west side. Right. I typically, for a period of time, parked on the west side, mm-hmm. and Ernesto had me take him to his car, which was on the east side. So, like, <laughs> fuck it, why not? <laughs> and as we pull up into this parking this parking lot, we're waiting for a car to pull out of a parking spot, and all of a sudden, we just feel my truck. I was I, had, I used to drive a truck back then, an F one fifty. And it just nudged over. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck was that? <laughs> you remember, right? Right, right. And um, it turned out some guy didn't see us as he was pulling out and just bumped into my truck. Right. And I remember that the guy was obviously like starting to panic a little bit because in a situation, no matter how small of an incident it is, mm-hmm. there's still like this feeling of like, oh, fuck, you know? Yeah. And I had to like essentially talk him down. Because he was like, his voice started to crack and stuff like that. Like, dude, don't worry about it. Just give me your information and we'll see where it goes. You sound so calm now, but you were furious. I remember you being like, <laughs> you know, I remember sitting there and be like, oh, is your car okay? Or your truck's okay? Like, I think someone bumped you. And then I said some excuse. Yeah. Like, is he, is he fine? I don't know. I don't think he saw you. I think I said. And you're like, I don't give a damn. And you like, you, you like open the door like, oh, with this. You're very angry, basically. And then. I, maybe I don't remember. I, I, I remember. You remember? Okay, yeah, remember. We're sitting shotgun. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. Um, ultimately, I ended up not you know pursuing any charges and stuff like that, just because like <laughs> my truck had like this steel bumper. Yeah, that it didn't even like it barely had a scratch on it, right? Right. And then his, I looked at his car. And his rear bumper was just dented. <laughs> so like it's gonna cost them a lot more than for me whatever the right. thing was that i had to explain it to my parents oh geez i, I had i had to notify them oh right right but like obviously this is it technically or well, not technically it wasn't my truck it was my dad's truck and i was just using it so i had to notify i, I notified my mom i didn't tell my dad <laughs> oh, because my dad would have he would have gotten mad he would like you're never using a vehicle again whatever yeah. bullshit but <laughs> my mom obviously obviously got a little um concerned and pissed and mm. i'm like look there's no damage i'm not gonna like call his insurance call my insurance you know i'm gonna pay x amount of money right for, some premium or yeah, anything. literally right. like a scratch come on <laughs> Right. <laughs> so there was a little of having to talk down from from that, but it, I don't know. Just randomly popped in my head this week. I was mm. like, that actually happened. Yeah, yeah. it did. <laughs> it did. And yeah, we've been on several adventures from Comic Cons to conve- other different conventions. To right, we have, we have. Yeah. There's there's some instances where cars were like broken into. And That's right. Remember that we went to LA Comic Con. Um, just a short. We'll tell the full story down the line, yeah. but. Uh, the car next to us got broken into. Yeah. And I remember us coming back after recording a bunch of interviews and we're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, at the end of the day, we walked up and we see just a bunch of shattered glass on the on the floor. And uh, maybe because, like, my truck was newer, mm-hmm. so it has, like, an alarm system. The car, obviously, we didn't hear any blaring of an alarm or something like that. 
Maybe that's why it was an easier target. I also don't remember us leaving anything like visible. Yeah, no. And so, now the heart of LA, yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah. like peak downtown LA. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was terrible. But yeah. they're moving on to the show now. Mm. <laughs> that's a nice story. <laughs> they're uh, I mean, there's still some news coming out of the you know Discovery Warner merger and stuff like that. Now that the the hatchet job is is complete. It's right. It feels like now they're doing a little damage control. Yeah. In the sense that uh, news broke this week that uh, HBO Max subscription is going to go up a dollar. Yeah. You got the email. Yeah. Right. I got the email as yeah. well. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, it's, since it op- since it debuted in 2020, right? The mm. price has been the same. Yeah. A dollar every two years doesn't seem that much to me. Yeah. Considering yeah. other platforms that are essential, like Hulu every year, boom, a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. Um, but now it's the most expensive streaming service, right? Um, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Everyone else is under that $15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's some where you start, like, where it's legit cable. Mm-hmm. Like, we recently had decided to get a football. Oh, which is only for sports. And the the most basic package was 35 a month. Oh, Jesus. Right. You know, divided in between two of us. It's not that bad. Oh, okay. you know, not like that 15 bad. bucks. Yeah, that's not yeah. too bad. Yeah. So for basic, like, not I don't say basic streaming, but like generic streaming, I mm. guess then, yeah, it might be the most expensive because Hulu's is $15.99. Yeah. Which is then then what's going to be HBO Max's new for ad free and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still paying ten bucks for Netflix. I don't know. Oh yeah, and me too. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, as, as soon as it signed up and everyone was getting there, I got grandfathered in. Like I'm not touching that anymore. Yeah, all. I don't. That's the only reluctantness I have of getting rid of Netflix is that if I decide to come back one day, it's going to be more expensive. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paramount, I think, is like seven bucks, six bucks. Yeah, like I think Peacock, Paramount, Peacock, yeah, those are fairly, those are the cheap end ones. But the top ones, I think, are Disney Plus, mm-hmm. um, Net, not Netflix. Uh, I think Hulu mm-hmm. or something, and then it's HBO Max. HBO Max. Yeah. Do you think that the price warrants it? Because, like we've said before, HBO Max has quickly become one of the premier streaming services only uh, because of the right. vast catalog of. You know Warner Brothers movies and HBO stuff and stuff, and it's the the app is really one of the the interfaces is one of the easier ones to use. Yeah, um, I think it does. I mean, granted, they butchered the majority of their slate, right? Um, but like you said, like the category, I arguably the UIs, it is a little buggy mm-hmm. at times, but just seeing all those those content available like being a dc fan just seeing all the comic book movies yeah. and shows available at your fingertips it's it's pretty cool yeah especially considering how like the james gunn uh dc verse it's sounding more like it's gonna be across every medium yeah video games tv video games, animated comics comics right. so it's gonna if you want to get like the full immersion of mm-hmm. what this universe is going to be like, having you know the full uh, animated uh, slate at your disposal is going to be you know fantastic. Yeah, but the thing is, like you said, damage control. Yeah, I mean, not everyone's a DC fan, and no. if you take the DC stuff but the properties away, um, you got well, like we want to watch Band of Brothers for the ten thousand time, or maybe yeah, why see. Not? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's I mean? Awesome show. Yeah, Come exactly, on. exactly. But the slate is it's very kind of out there. 
And with Warner Discovery adding more stuff or breaking down HBO Max's infrastructure mm-hmm. in favor for their own little is that still app happening? Thing? Yeah, from what I've heard, it's still they're gonna prioritize Discovery app the app for Discovery over HBO Max's. So I remember when the first news started breaking was that it was gonna be like a merger. Is mm-hmm. that gonna still happen or? Yeah, yeah, it's what they're they're gonna like bummer. Yeah, they're gonna scrap that. Well, not, I don't know scrap, but they're gonna take pieces and focus more on discovery's app rather than hbo max which it should be the other way around considering yeah. hbo is more popular than the, discovery before the merger yeah. or the the buyout yeah i mean like the discovery without a doubt has um very interesting content on there especially somebody like like me or you who are you know like history like a little mm-hmm. science like mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. you know discovery type of shit you know it's in the name discovery uh, <laughs> It's an interesting uh, aspect of the potential of having just to pay, you know, for one if they do merge. Right. But prioritizing like one interface over another. I, granted, I haven't. Uh, I've never even downloaded the Discovery Plus application, so I don't know how it works. Yeah. But the HBO Max works really well. Yeah. You yeah. know, aside from like a couple of things here and there, but it it, it works. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of the oldest. I mean, H- just <laughs> HBO. I just like it, it's and it, not to rant, but it, yeah, it's it's there. The infrastructure is there, and you can mm-hmm. definitely improve. But you know, Zaslav just wants to prioritize his, his properties. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's unfortunate. Yeah, um, but the, uh, like another little email I got from HBO, which was funny. Is that they're reintroducing live sports? Do they not have live sports already? They like... used to have boxing. Oh, you remember way back in the day? Uh huh. Like, a, is a pay per view? HBO pay per view yeah, stuff HBO like that. Boxing, yeah, stuff like that. And they they would do like um, they had sports oriented shows. Uh, I didn't know Brian Gumball. He used to have his his real sports with Brian Gumball show. I don't know if it's still on or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they had like whenever there was a big fight when they still had boxing, they would do a twenty four seven series, which was one of my favorite docu series of all time. Mm. I, I don't know if you ever saw this. I've seen one. Um, yeah. I think Manny Pacquiao. Of course, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I vaguely remember being at my uh, my uncle's place and then uh, like eating you know lumpia and then and uh, you know Filipino food and then there's like a documentary about Manny Pacquiao's like house and he has like all his family and yeah it's a they did a like an in-depth look right up to the fight of both of both fighters which is which is pretty cool yeah yeah i like to learn more about them it gives me like more invested emotionally right? exactly yeah the cool thing was that it was narrated by leaf shriver oh <laughs> really yeah oh geez that was, his voice just like i can it, hear it, it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just it just so perfect for that and but what the one thing that does have me a little um, raising an eyebrow is mm-hmm. that they're going to uh, first start with uh, the U.S. men's and women's soccer teams games, mm-hmm. which is you know it's a it's a sport soccer in, that in this country unfortunately doesn't get the respect it deserves. Right. You know it's it's ra- rather frowned upon or laughed at more <laughs> more so. Yeah, um, but. You know, there is a shift in those of us who who follow the sport, follow what's going on here in this country. You could tell that there's a shift coming. Mm-hmm. It's about to break through and it's going to overpass definitely the MLB baseball. It's definitely hockey and maybe even the NFL. Right. Right. Just because like the grip it has on the entire world. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Um. Just the, just the fact that the Super Bowl is only 
gold for Americans, mm-hmm. right? But everything else, the whole world revolves around, you know, yeah. soccer or football, you know. Football, yeah. yeah. And which is, okay, so like that's that's interesting in the sense that it doesn't really have the audience yet for mm-hmm. that. But this is another avenue of, of building your audience. Right. You know, that's is something that unfortunately here in the United States, you know, sport, um, advert, uh, sport broadcasting revolves like uh, like everything around advertising mm-hmm. you know like nfl they have constantly they're breaking you know they walk a mile a, a yard and like all right break and then commercials <laughs> and stuff like that yeah and then you have like little bug sticker things on the screen where it's yeah. like drink coke or something, you know <laughs> what I mean? yeah stuff like that and then like for soccer it's 45 minutes right of you know what you what i would call non-stop action i mean those f- of you who are listening are probably laughing at me now but <laughs> It really because it's forty five minutes. That's a lot. That's a lot that, of, that, of that just is a nothing lot. happening, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it's not like you said commercial breaks. I remember yeah. like every five minutes there's a commercial break. Like, I, am I watching a sports event or just the commercials yeah. or something? What they have started doing this, I notice and I fucking hate it, is that they'll do picture and picture with a commercial. Oh my god, I hate that. And they they prioritize the commercial. Oh, yeah. It's fucking, it's a, oh my God, it pisses me off sometimes. Cause like you miss action. Right. Sometimes like they're in the middle of a fucking Home Depot commercial and they're scoring a goal and you can't see cause the fucking screen is like an inch. <laughs> the size of your phone, right? Yeah. right? That's, <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's unfortunate. But it's an interesting avenue, you yeah. know, like to reintroduce live uh, sports to, to HBO. And, and to some extent, uh, like you said, with football, it's, it feels football. like the football. I, I like to say it like that. Is um, there a way to say football or soccer in Tagalog? Uh, not that I... Top of my head, no. Probably. Is it like... Because I, I, I know that the, the language is very heavily influenced with mm-hmm. Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. So probably... Honestly, it's the same, probably. The same. <laughs> if it's that case, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, like leche, mm-hmm. uh, which is a bad word in... Uh, in Tagalog, but it's it's milk, right? Ah, milk. It's milk, and yeah, so it, there's there's probably some variation that's a little bit different, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's probably relatively it has the like same. some some twang to yeah. it and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so essentially, spelled the same, <laughs> right? It doesn't have was it the dots on top probably of it? The umlaut. The umlaut. <laughs> so I, I feel like I don't want to make any predictions, but HBO adding live sports, which mm-hmm. to some extent I don't think any of the streaming services have that aspect yet or that experience Um, well yeah like peacock does peacock has uh live sports as well uh Mm -hmm. amazon has a contract with the nfl uh paramount maybe paramount Paramount, as well yeah because it seems like that's another that's another front that's going to open like you said with football becoming as big as it is not Mm -hmm. just internationally but some in the states right Mm -hmm. so it feels like hbo adding that it, it, there's there's a call to there's another front to be opened in the yeah, streaming wars they're, yeah they're opening like you said battlefronts and it's, yeah. it's gonna get it's gonna happen I'm telling you you can see it within I remember I saw a uh, read an article where they did like a a metric where within 25 years uh, MLS soccer is gonna be the biggest thing in this country right and you can see the writing on the wall somebody like me who's my whole life that my whole life has revolved around that sport and seen where it was when i was a kid to where it is now mm-hmm. it's you know give it another 25 years it's gonna it's yeah. gonna overpass everything yeah yeah i don't follow sports at all like i'm there for like yeah let's drink and eat like yeah <laughs> touchdown whatever who cares yeah, like, there's nationalities more food. Right. Like that. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but uh i even know that that the football is it's a huge massive sport so yeah there's um 
there's parts of the world where it's not even a sport. They refer to it as a religion. <laughs> very, very yeah. succinct. I believe that. Absolutely. And yeah, which is insane. But um, a little more news about coming out of, um, you know, what's been happening at, over at Warner Brothers. Obviously, a lot of rumors with the restructuring of the DC Universe. DC, DCE? I think it's DCU now. DCU? DC Universe, yeah. I think they rebranded it to DCU. DC. Okay. Yeah. I feel like they already had that name, right? Oh, I think it was DCEU. Ex- but before expanded. that, I think that was yeah. DC you're right. Yeah, DC uh, Universe. And then they went to DC ex- Extended. Extended. It's extended. Extended because it's MCU's exp- right. And, Expand anyway. It's it's DC, <laughs> whatever with these acronyms. Yeah, the gun, Marvel Cinematic, the Universe. Gun Dynasty. Yeah, that's going the, on. The right dynasty. Now. Um, rumors about who's going to be the new Superman. Mm. Now with the unfortunate news of Henry Cavill that we're still mourning. <laughs> Did you, do you put a candle like to just? No, I sacrificed that? the goat. You sacrificed okay. Yeah. See, you're uh, always an overachiever <laughs> when it comes to this. I got to make sure everything goes well. Yeah. But uh, rumors and obviously James Gunn's quick to to the Twitter field and squash these rumors and stuff like that. He yeah. said that there is really no casting until the script is done, mm. which I feel like is a good tactic, right? Yeah. A given. Yeah, well, I feel like like look at The Rock. They cast them twenty years ago, and the movie barely came out last year. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah, and it's same with most of the MCU projects. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, the script, and it's a nightmare for me because I approach screenwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rewritten during recording uh, during production. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, and and that is a big like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, what do I I spent like a year writing this. You know what I mean? So, um, James Gunn doing that approach is it's it's very good. Yeah, and the one thing that obviously he gets a lot of flack, mm-hmm. you know, just because he's, you know, coming in and macheting <laughs> what was already there. And obviously what was already there wasn't working. Yeah. So right now we just have to give him time. Give him yeah. time. We we know that he can pull this off because obviously big part of the MCU. Um, and I like that he knows it. You know what I'm saying? That he knows that there's people out there worried that there's people out there, you know, shitting bricks and stuff like that. And he's very quick to dispel and to bring calmness to everything. Yeah, he's very vocal, which which I absolutely like because it, it kind of, especially with industry stuff, there's a kind of a a magic to it. You know, with producers being the head of it, they have all these decisions they can they can just move mountains. Yeah. Right. But with Gunn, you know, going down from Mount Olympus and living with the people, <laughs> right, Jesus style, it's uh, it's it becomes like it, it takes that mystification away, that magic. So now it, he's a person, and yeah. a lot of the people on production are people who have families, have time, you know, all that stuff. So there are going to be delays, there are going to be changes, and I really like that. Mm, yeah, and he's also one of us. Exactly. That's the that's the thing as well because like. Geeks, not not Geek, being humans. Nerds, <laughs> he's a white Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> no, he's obviously he's a nerd. He's a, exactly. we, we nerd nerdum sees no color. Yeah. Um, but he is somebody who we understand. Like, look at uh, Suicide Squad. Mm. You know, the first one I still champion that it didn't get the fair the fair rap that it it should have gotten. But he came in and just completely rejuvenized it and made it funny, made it awesome, made it concise, it worked. Right, like right. That. Who would have thought, spoilers, but who would have thought Starro 
yeah. would be in it. You know, of all characters, a giant this, this still makes me laugh. Right, <laughs> a giant starfish with an eyeball. Yeah, right. It's it's the same thing with like who would have thought a talking raccoon and a tree would be you know emotionally uh, taxing on some people. Yeah, and the same thing with Starro. The yeah. end when it was dying, it was like I was happy. I was happy in space. Like why'd yeah. you why'd you have to bring me here? Right, absolutely. So him helming a superhero, a Superman, well superhero, Superman, yeah. right, and being bring that humor. I hope. Because with soups, it's always this kind of dad humor. Just because he's a he's a country bumpkin, yeah, the big blue boy scout. <laughs> right. There's a reason why they call him that. Right, exactly. And I, I do see people, um, you know, kind of feigning off of that because they want a more mature Superman. But that's that's Superman. Yeah, I mean, like obviously, there's going to be different eras and aspects of Superman you want to bring or, or convey into the the you know the talkies, mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> but. You know, with starting fresh, it wouldn't make sense to, you know, want to continue a Henry Cowell Superman, even though we champion him and we love him and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, he he wants to restructure the DC in something that works. And like he said in, in the statement where he knows that people care about these characters and like he even included himself like i am one of you i am a fan as well i want to make sure that these characters get the respect that they deserve yeah yeah absolutely and that has to you have to start from square one Mm -hmm. Uh, i guess square two at this point because it's not really an origin it's going to be like in his career as superman to some extent yeah which like it kind of seems like an origin mm-hmm. because they, they were talking about how he's going to meet Lois Lane and he's going to meet all the, you know, his crew and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of part of his origin, you know, like yeah. if you're going to show us something, do like, remember that, um, the JJ Abrams, the blight, no, what's up? Uh, it was like Brightburn. The, Brightburn, Brightburn, right? Like an evil version of evil Superman. Give us right. something like that, you know, where, where there's doubt in his, in his mind. Like, yeah. Am, am I going to be the person that is going to lay waste to this planet or am I going to be its savior? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is Mm Spider-Man. We didn't see him get bit by spider. No. At all. We didn't see him to get his, his, um, Ben moment until the end, the last movie spoilers. Um, but like the, (laughs) but the last movie, right? So you can definitely take that with Superman. Like you said, what is his origin really? Mm -hmm. If not something that he can learn as like reflect back to, Right, yeah. him being on Smallville, on small, yeah, him being in Smallville, and like you know, um, destroying a tractor and using that as like, what if that's the world? If it's as easy as for me to destroy a tractor, can am I? Should I be this hero that they're looking for? Yeah, and we saw like those those moments in uh, different uh, properties or no, projects in 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 Superman history, like Man of Steel. There's those those uh, flashback scenes where. He's gaining all his senses, right? And he's, mm-hmm. he's being overloaded. He sees three in, in X-ray vision and stuff right, like that. He's right. like, what the fuck's happening? Yeah. And then he has that moment where his mom comes in. He's like, make yourself an island and you know, yeah. all that shit. And yeah. then in um, Superman, the Red Sun, you know, where he shows his friend that he could, he has like these powers and stuff like that. Yeah. And she convinces him to turn himself into the, to the to state. To the state, right. Yeah. And it's... We want to see, obviously, it's not going to be like a totalitarian <laughs> Superman, but we want to see some, oh, at least I do. I want to see his, like, should I do this or shouldn't I? Should well, I? You, you know? have to. Yeah. You definitely have to have those moments where Superman is vulnerable mm-hmm. and like not just physically vulnerable because we've seen that so many times. Kryptonite, you know, or Lois Lane being held hostage. But those moments of self-doubt that, that 
go through him every day. I mean, yeah. he can literally, like you said in Red Sun, he can take over the world, yeah. right? He can iron fist, everyone's happy, stop war, or I'll come for you. But yeah. he does it. And he stays in one city block of, you know, <laughs> as, as a job on the planet, on the Daily Planet, right? Daily Planet, right? Daily, Daily planet, planet, and planet. then patrols Metropolis only. He can go to Gotham and, you know, clean up Which most of the Rogues Gallery. Not to set foot in Gotham. <laughs> exactly. There's that respect, too. Yeah. A literal God uh, or godlike respecting a mere human out of just because their duty is fear right fear <laughs> that too, right you'll, you'll probably find where i live or something yeah. like that it's, but yeah it's it's a gun is great with that the underdog mm-hmm. and who would have thought superman would be an underdog to some extent uh, yeah i mean like uh, unfortunately that's what he had become under Zack snyder mm-hmm. uh, uh like a pariah don't touch superman what and Superman being like the shining beacon of DC, you know, like you had mentioned a whole bunch of times where you're bummed that they're shelving Superman, that there's no like Man of Steel 2 in the future. Yeah, I mean, yeah, bummed is taking it (laughs) lightly, pitchfork at hand and torch it, probably along those lines. Revolutionary. (laughs) Um, But we have the somewhat of a confirmation you know at least they're talking about where the matt reeves bat verse sits mm. into the whole dc restructuring right because like of the old guard this really didn't feel like it because it was going to be its own thing right right which i kind of feel like that started a spell doom <laughs> you know we should have yeah that should have raised the alarms uh when they were like hey let's make a joker is it all right cool who's it gonna be uh it's not going to be part of anything that's out there right now right <laughs> like, it's gonna be its own thing yeah <laughs> that should have been like a, a big red flag but yeah either way um the batman the batman came dun, out last year and dun, dun, dun. right that's the song yeah. okay <laughs> it came out last year and just what the like it blew it blew me away for sure. Uh, we saw it together. Yeah. We, it, it blew us away. <laughs> yeah. right? It was spectacular to say yeah. the least. Uh, uh, who would have thought that you could? I'm not saying that he reached Nolan levels because I don't think anybody's going to ever be able to do that again. Right. But showed up a different version of a different type of gritty Batman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's Nolan aside. And we ha- I have my gripes. You have your gripes. Mm-hmm. You know, but... A marriage, having that marriage of weird kind of dark detective work and grittiness with Gotham just being dirty and just being on the ground, boots on the ground, I suppose. It's something that doesn't really happen a lot with Batman. No. At least not since, like, Nolan. Yeah. I mean, we've only had Nolan and then And then Batfleck. Batfleck. And Batfleck was, to some extent, cool with the fight scenes and stuff, like Arkham Asylum yeah. fight scenes. But the Batman was just something that was on a whole entire another level. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're hopeful that the Batman 2 series, the Penguin, is still going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like another spinoff, right, that came out of it. Right. I can't talk on top of my head, but yeah. yeah. I think and there's another thing. Oh, Court of Owls, was it? Was or it a, maybe was Court, it a of Court of Owls related one? No. Gotham? The Gotham PD? I, you're a Gotham, Gotham PD, yeah, I think Gotham that's PD it. Type yeah. Of thing, yeah. yeah. So I feel like it does get, we do get the sense that 
the Matt Reeves Batverse is still going to be preserved in some way. Which is weird. Yeah. I mean, on it feels like Brainiac, you know, Brainiac world <laughs> where it's, this is the only the Batman Reeves and then this is the Joker kind of walking Phoenix kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like uh, the end of Men in Black, right? Where <laughs> it turns out that all the universes were marbles. Right. It's yeah. just like that. They're, yeah. They're just carried in the same sack. Right. <laughs> right. And it's James Gunn playing with the marbles. <laughs> yeah. But knowing that... Uh, the James Gunn spy, uh, Superman is going to be a younger version. Do you think they're going to ever the Batverse, the Matt Reeves Batman, and the the new Superman? Do you think they're going to ever ever meet, or when it's time to you know reintroduce the Justice League, are they going to just do a new Batman? I I don't even think they'll meet at all. Well, the thing is, never say never, especially yeah. in this industry. Um, never say never. Yeah, never say never. And uh, I I think yes. In a, it'll probably be in a couple of years from now when he's more like seasoned and he he encounters more of the weirder rogues gallery like who to thunk a dude with a freeze gun you know <laughs> what I mean or, or like I some, would fucking love to see Doctor Freeze yeah Mister Freeze oh uh, Mister Freeze Mister Freeze yeah Mister yeah. well he's because he's a scientist yeah, right? he's he's a a sci- I think he's technically a Doctor Freeze yeah but this is Mister Freeze yeah yeah but anyway yeah Mister Freeze but like in a comic book accurate kind of look yeah. or even like Bane not well maybe probably not Bane. Uh, I'm thinking like a big muscular Bane. Yeah, I would want a Bane, but not like Bane who's a bitch to everybody else's, you know? <laughs> right, right. Like have him be the, the Bane that broke his back. Right, know, right. Bane. Nightfall. Nightfall, Yeah, Nightfall. Yes. That, that whole storyline would be fantastic to like the Batman needs help. Mm-hmm. Superman is sent in to help him. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, Gotham is undefended or something like that. There was an episode of uh, the Bam, the new adventures of Batman and Superman, or it might have even been the Justice League Unlimited. Mm. Excuse me, where uh, Superman dressed up as right. Batman, right? Right, right. <laughs> and then the, the Rogues Gallery had a trap for him. And then yeah. if it was Batman, he'd probably be dead. He'd probably, he'd probably be dead. <laughs> then he, uh, yeah, because I think Bane throws like a, a bell at him or a um, like some sort of rubble, and it, yeah. it would have crushed him. And then he kind of just gets just up. Just gets up. And, and everybody's like, what the fuck? And Bane's like, impossible. You know? <laughs> and then he whoops on Bane and stuff. Yeah, it's it's going to be a an interesting time, you know, to see if... My whole thing is that because they want a younger Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Does that mean Batman is going to be older? Because Rob Pattinson isn't... You know, right. You know, he's close to 40, I guess, at this point. Yeah, but that's a, they're essentially the same age, mm-hmm. right? And then the comic stuff, like they kind of grew up the same uh, generation. And Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, that would be a weird thing. They would have to do closer to his age if they want them to meet. Yeah, right? Yeah. Something, because they said young. I'm not thinking like kid. I'm thinking no. like... 25 or something like like that college age college age right i mean that would be cool superman going to college right (laughs) you know the metropolis college or something it's gonna be like uh dragon ball z where gohan is in in college and he's playing he's masquerading as a a, A saiyan man yeah right no that's that's exactly it and i would love to see college angst superman (laughs) that's funny and then the rich boy comes in you know bruce wayne is going to like he's the popular kid yeah Oh the, my god, it's gonna be um but, best times at Best Times at Richmond High. Yeah, Richmond High type of situation. Right. But the thing is with that, do you think the tone will clash? Because Reeves Batman has, has been, you know, it's dark. Dark and disgustingly gritty, you know, sewer water dark. Mm-hmm. But for Superman, you would have to have some sort of levity to it. Yeah. And for them to meet at like a college, it would have to be in the middle. 
So I don't know how the I don't really see Batman ever going to like Metropolis and being like, you know, he'd be like the light. It's why it's so bright. here. <laughs> totally. I understand what you're saying. There are, there is going to be a definitely clash in tone yeah. of the two characters. But I feel like they've always figured out a way to make it work. Yeah. You know, in the comics and in the animated shows. So now that we have somebody who really knows or at least understands how to you know bring these characters together in a, a way that works you know in in gun we trust yeah absolutely and i'm excited for richmond high <laughs> metropolis high kind of thing. <laughs> there isn't i know like there isn't a, a a school i know like there's like gotham high or gotham U and stuff like that right. but that's like a given yeah there isn't like a a a like a Xavier school for the gifted in the DC, right? Yeah, and, uh, there probably is. To mm-hmm. be honest with you, um, top of my head, no, yeah. I don't really, I don't really see because you have worlds with Superman. And I don't think anyone's gonna judge mutants <laughs> or anything like. <laughs> no, you know, I'm not talking about like oh, mutant. I'm talking know, about like uh, a superhero school, school for yeah. superhero. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's not like a, a school where they have to get used to living amongst people. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's already accepted. Like, oh, you can fly. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, shifting over a little bit, we have two directors of the, you know, two who should who are for 100 percent on the Mount Rushmore of, you know, Hollywood uh, directors, Mm. Francis Ford Coppola and Martin Scorsese. Yes. Uh, They're both making waves, I guess, in the industry a little bit, Mm. you know, not because of stuff they've done in the past, you know, that's, that's all obviously in the, it's gotten the, the praise it deserves and stuff like that, which, you know, fantastic. They've gotten their dick sucked on from that <laughs> for generations <laughs> Absolutely, now. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Martin Scorsese is sounding a lot more like a crotchety old man. Mm. And I kind of agree with him to some extent. Because mm-hmm. obviously, uh, Martin Scorsese is talking shit about how uh, these review aggregate I guess what you call mm-hmm. like Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes and or Metacritic, Cine Gear, Cine, and, Cine, Cine, uh, Cine, yes, Cine Score, Cine Score, Cine Score, yeah. right? Where they just and it kind of does feel like this, where people just go to shit on projects and yeah. films and stuff like yeah. that. And reading this article, I get, I, I understand where Martin Scorsese is coming from. You know, this is somebody who came up. You, acknowledging and knowing that film is a miracle that we should be respect that it should be respected right and i 100 percent agree with them but i also see that that time is over yeah yeah it, especially when it comes to aggregates like i see where he's coming from mm-hmm. uh, dumbing down a movie that's taken years to create mm-hmm. maybe even tens of the years to create um and devolving it to a number and a grade yeah. right that's something that's something that you don't really want like the experience itself should be the one that you judge rather than just it got an a score it must be great yeah right like goodfellas could get an a and then and then like endgame get an a plus that doesn't mean endgame's a better movie you know what i mean yeah. but some people see it that way and i don't like that personally especially being a critic yeah i don't like that that's one of my problems is that i who the fuck cares what John C. from, you know, Milwaukee said about this movie? He's not me. He doesn't know what the fuck I like. Right. Yeah. And uh, okay, to some extent, I agree with you. <laughs> uh, I do understand the necessity of critics. But there are an ongoing trend nowadays where it's easier to 
crap on movies mm-hmm. because of an arbitrary number. Yeah. Like rather than have give your your what you see as good in the film and let the listener or the reader get a decision on their own. Yeah. You know, I mean now it's like oh so so from Milwaukee said this sucks then it definitely sucks like then you're just following this other dude <laughs> randomly, her right? Sheeple. Right, exactly, exactly. When it comes to criticism, especially. So I see Scors- where Scorsese is coming from. Um, but like you said, film, I, I don't think it's this, this gigantic temple that mm. needs to be preserved, right? It's something that's lived for years and will continue to live for years. But it doesn't need defendants to, you know, crap on everything else below yeah. it. I mean, like, you, you look at the, the time, the Scorsese is, what, probably in his mid to late 80s at this mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. So that must have been he was born in the early, you know, 40s, late 50s, something like that. So right, he right. still came up with, you know, film was groundbreaking. Yeah. You know, the, every decade or so, something new would happen. You know, the transition from from the silent films to the talkies, from the black and white to the color to the vis, uh, visual effects to... You know, a whole bunch of editing techniques and stuff like that. And not that you talk about that. That's amazing. He's yeah. lived through literal shifts in the dynamic of the entertainment industry. Yeah. So that's why, like, I see it because he's somebody who's experienced it. Now we take it for granted. Yeah. You know, those of us born in prior to the 90s where there really hasn't been that much advancement in filmmaking other than VFX, obviously. But that's that's a given because technology advances monthly. Yeah. But really, from there, there hasn't been anything that's, like, groundbreaking in filmmaking, you know, unless you're James Cameron and you build a sub and shoot something 100, <laughs> 100 feet under the ocean or something. Right, <laughs> yeah, for, you know. for necessity. Yeah, no, absolutely. With Scorsese, it's, uh, it is, he does sound like it's past his time. Yeah. Right? And then he sees these changes that are going on and he sees the changes when he lived with. You know, talky to, uh, you know, from silent film colors to black from black and white. And it seems like he, he's now kind of the protractors back in his day. Because mm-hmm. I remember back in the day when it was from silent film to talkies, there were people like, talkies aren't going to be, you know, the one with the audio is not going to be yeah. the industry standard. Like, it's impossible. It's impractical. Yeah, and color. Who needs color? Come yeah, on. who needs, right, exactly. <laughs> so there's going to be those detractors and Scorsese is at that point now when it comes to like visual effects and stuff. Yeah. And then like, obviously, you know, old school Hollywood. Yeah, that very has, old school. That has something obviously in his mindset to play with. But you, you take out like somebody who else, like Francis Ford Coppola, who I kind of get the sense that he understands that his time as a filmmaker is in the past, mm-hmm. and he just wants to do his own stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just what's it, what's the movie called? He wants a to metrop- do? No, yeah, Metropolis. Metropolis. Mega. Oh, Megaplex. Megaplex or something like that. Yeah, it's see. it's a film that he's been working uh, on for Megalopolis. Megalopolis has been working yeah. for decades since the eighties. He's yeah. been trying to get it get it off, and it's like one of the greatest directors of all time has made you know billions of of, of dollars for the industry has won countless of oscars for you know best film best director best whatever the fuck he's mm-hmm. he's he has a, a a cabinet filled with oscars i'm yeah, sure you right. know awards he melted ass. it down and made a toilet or something yeah. you know or some <laughs> a bidet <laughs> <laughs> yeah something and even he can't get a passion project off the ground <laughs> right because from what we read in the news that that broke a couple of days ago uh he's using his own money mm-hmm. to fund this passion project and it's still having so many issues right he fired the vi- virtual effects 
group, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's some sort of like hiccups and there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, like the budget was 160 million. And I'm like, dude, if you have 160 million, you're like 100 years old. Just call it quits already, man. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have, you're set for life. You don't, but I mean, I guess, like, yeah, as a true filmmaker, you know, yeah, not, it, it doesn't turn it off. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm sure, like, um, Spielberg is rich as fuck. He's still going to be make, trying to be making movies. Yeah, he just his. made one about himself. He did. <laughs> yeah, Fableman. Fableman? Yeah, the Fableman. Essentially, it's an autobiography. There's some, you know, narrative beats that are not there just for creative purposes. But mm-hmm. it's like, it's basically his how he loved film or how he fell in love with film. And it won some awards. Yeah, that's, I mean, nothing, <laughs> Hollywood doesn't love anything more than films about how great Hollywood is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it, that's, it's funny enough is that I want to say Coppola was before uh, Scorsese's age. I think he was like... I think they were... Or were they the same? Around the same. Around right? the same. Because like, I feel like Coppola is more of that. It's it's more the founders than it. Mm. But I think you're right. I, I think they're relatively the same thing. Of the same kind of like a stature in terms of yeah, the guard. Like who's the... Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Right? Yeah. Stanley Kubrick is somebody who was like before them as well. But mm. in the same vein of... The same decade. The, yeah. Right? Filmmaker and stuff like that. And, you know, obviously... Francis Ford Coppola, you know, directed the The Godfather, you know, considered one of the greatest films of all time. Right. Absolutely. Scorsese did a shit ton of mob films. And stuff yeah, like I mean, Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Yeah, Goodfellas, Casino. Casino, The Departed. And, yeah. And like, these films that were defining for the, the decade that they came out in, but now that they're living in a world that essentially has left them behind... I feel like one is dealing with it a lot better than the other. You're right. Absolutely. I mean, in the movies, you can see it. Mm-hmm. Scorsese uh, does narratives that are, are very, very grounded. And I'm not just grounded, but like human fault grounded. Like mm-hmm. Goodfellas um, had a new side of the mob, but did not fantasize it as Scorsese, as uh, Coppola did with Godfather. Mm-hmm. Like Godfather, they're the heroes. Right, mm-hmm. kind of to some extent. Uh, you want to argue that Goodfellas is a little bit better of a mob film just because it shows that they, there's an avenue, but also it's dirty and it's bloody, and you know, and there's not always a happy story at the end. Yeah, and do you think that the, the reason why uh, Francis Ford Coppola is having these issues with this passion project is because he, and this is something you brought up, that he hasn't really ventured into the world of you know, heavy VFX mm-hmm. films. Like you, you said, most of his films are like super narrative story driven rather than like a big spectacle. Yeah. And it feels like Megalopolis is something that he wants to. Yeah. I, I, to some extent, I feel like it's an avenue he doesn't, he's not very familiar with. Granted, there are some movies I'm sure he's used visual effects, mm-hmm. but he's, this film, it's, it's primarily visual effects right it's the only thing that's really having in the production so i feel like there are there are hiccups to play around with virtual with visual effects stuff yeah and especially like not having the backing of a big company right because like that's definitely a big one too yeah because like it doesn't matter if you could be um well maybe if you're spielberg you probably have your own big company (laughs) but (laughs) if you 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 could have won you know countless of oscars countless awards proving that you're the best there is if you don't have that financial safety net from Mm -hmm. a a warner brothers a disney or paramount something like that getting a project off the ground 
to say it's 160 million dollars in indie movie yeah that's that's got, that's impossible yeah that's a, that is, <laughs> how is that even <laughs> right how is that even like even even scorsese with the irishman he had to shop around everyone said no and he's like okay i'll put it on netflix mm-hmm. right? but it. that's scorsese yeah martin scorsese couldn't get his own film from other from other studios and he had to go to the streaming service and yeah. of course they need it anyway Right, so when it, the difference between those two, I feel like Coppola is is more open to change in terms of like technology wise. Right, he's more open to that, which is funny enough. They live in the same kind of narrative decade. Yeah, but do you think like okay, so if because Coppola has been trying to get this off since the eighties, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you think that if it doesn't happen to for him in the next, I don't know, like two or three years, do you That's think his lifetime? <laughs> Do you think he's gonna give up on it and be like, you know, what, I, it it I, it's my time. I'm just gonna retire for good. Or do you think he's still going to, you know, be a hundred years old? And say, <laughs> Action! He's gonna go for it uh, if it's his passion project. And like you said, a decade. Mm-hmm. I mean, try to try to keep something to yourself for ten years and be constant. Fuck yeah! So I could just imagine him. This is his time, and he has he's he's already a hundred and some change million <laughs> deep into it. So he, he's going to go for it until he can't anymore. Okay, so like look at Guillermo del Toro. Mm. He's a director who doesn't really have the backing of like big major studios. And he does some of the weirdest, freakiest, most interesting looking films of all time. Right? Yeah, yeah. So don't you think that maybe Francis Ford Coppola should be experimenting with avenues that are not necessarily like live action? Mm-hmm. Like maybe stop motion, animation and stuff like that? Yeah. Definitely, that would yeah. save budget too. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know if people have seen Megapolis, but showing some work would definitely get some people backing it, right? Some sort That's of true. some sort of proof that oh, this is going to be worthwhile. If the name Francis Ford Coppola doesn't sell you, let's show you some footage, you know, yeah. something where you can save money on and you can now manage your budget. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, but, but we hope for the best for Francis Ford Coppola and Mars Scorsese. Have some pudding, dude. Just <laughs> have some Jello. Jello's yeah, have nice. Some Jello. All right. So, last thing we have to talk about: major trailer drop. Major. The last trailer for Ant Man, Quantumania, or Ant Man in the Quantumania? And is it Ant Man and, and the Wasp? Quantumania. Quantumania. I think that's right. And Ant Man and the Wasp featuring Quantumania. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Sounds like a nice band name, though. <laughs> Ant-Man 3, there. <laughs> uh, so we we get to see this trailer, and it shows us everything. Everything. It's, oh, my God. I missed some sh- stuff, but yeah. it does show everything. It shows us so much. So right off the bat, Kang. Jonathan Majors, again, I've said it before, is quickly becoming you know up there with one of my favorite uh, new up-and-coming actors. Absolutely. And him as Kang. Absolutely. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god! Before amazing. you can even say anything, him in the trail, he. Oh my god, he has so much charisma. He does. Like just how even just ten, I mean, he could it could suck. You know mm. who know <laughs> it, it could suck. But from what we saw in Loki, mm. and from what we saw in the the couple of seconds where he does ex, does have dialogue, it, he has this. He exudes this energy, kind of charismatic energy that's that's not very common in MCU films. Dare I say, superhero films in general? Yeah, there is a you, you, 
the the few minutes that we got of him talking with um, Paul Rudd's Ant Man, I don't get the sense that there has there ever been a, a villain that intimidating. That doesn't need a ten year yeah. lineup to build, like, up, to build up. No, absolutely. Yeah. Even Ultron, and I forget the name of the voice actor who was Ultron. James Spader. Thank you, James Spader. And then he's he's really he's really good in live action. You know when he yeah. scenes and he's very Shakespearean to some extent. Yeah, I recently saw The Office for mm. the first time, like mm. all the way through. Oh wow, I uh, haven't seen it either. You haven't so. seen it. <laughs> Parson Rec is better. Oh, is my is my opinion. <laughs> But he he there is a a few seasons where he's a character in it. Uh-huh. There's a whole arc, and you guys because it's funny though because you can see like in everybody else in the background as, as he starts to monologue, everybody just falls in awe. Like oh my god, he's such a great actor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, James Bader, fantastic. Um, but Jonathan Majors, like the look, the look, it looks amazing. It looks. You know, like Kang is one of the goofier. I kind of say looking. Yeah, he he he's his he has a ship that's basically a toilet. Yeah, I want to say it's basically <laughs> a flying toilet that can time travel. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I like that the mask. It's like a, a like a, a laser shield type of thing, and that's what gives it the blue hue. That's a good point. Yeah, and that's a good point, especially when it comes to Iron Man. We always see that, you know, even with Spider Man, we have mm-hmm. that kind of disintegrating nanotech armor, mm-hmm. and it's pretty cool looking. But you know, they all look the same at some point. But mm-hmm. I do like that it's the face shield, and yeah. that's what gives it the hue, which is also comic book accurate. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I mean, like there are some comic book. He's purple. He's blue. Right. As long as it looks cool, it yeah. looks similar. Yeah, and um, we get to see Modok. Modok, mechanized organism, um, this design designed only to kill. So right? I'm sure. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, I, I, know, I, I know it stands for something. Right. I just I don't that, know what it was. Did I say it right? Mechanized organism designed only to kill. Modok. Modok. Yeah, Modok. Yeah. There's a T in there. Modok. Yeah. Well, you don't count the T for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. like Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> you know, he screams Modok. <laughs> <laughs> he turns into him. Um, but we saw Modok, a live action Modok, because uh, uh, Hulu had the, the animated Modok series. Mm-hmm, which unfortunately is, I think it was done. Did you watch canceled. it? Oh, uh, yeah, I did. How was it? Uh, it's funny. It's funny. It's okay. pretty funny. I mean, um, I forget the actor's name. I'm so sorry. Um, he's the one who made the whole lore about Star Wars and Marvel. Becoming one universe in Parks and Rec. Oh, Pat Oswald. Pat Oswald. He's the voice. He's really the, he's voice, the of voice. Yeah, so he's fantastic in it. Yeah. Oh, nice. So he plays multiple characters within the MCU. Yeah. Because he was also all over Agents of Shield. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was twins. The, he was no. It was multiple. Ones. Oh, what were they called? The brothers. They were yeah. The yeah, brothers. But they're called something. There's multiple of them. It's probably like the last name and brothers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But there's like, there's like. One dies and then they're all bummed about, and then the brother shows up. Oh, yeah, that's just my brother. And yeah. then they go back in time and he's in there. <laughs> Bro, I mean, uh, just a quick side, yeah, side segue. Yeah, when they killed him, spoilers for the mm-hmm. show, and I was like, that the guy who killed the brother, I um, forget his name, uh, the main guy, like mm. he betrays them. He's yeah, Hydra. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's a Hydra agent, and up to the point you're like, maybe he can be saved. But when he killed the brother, for me, I was like, nope, he's dead. Kill yeah. him. Like, torture him. Break his legs. You know, because like, Pat Oswald does such a fantastic job playing that quirky, kind of funny character. Yeah. And he's, he's that in MODOK as well. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. But um, we have a, a live-action MODOK, which honestly... Once you start getting into like those more obscure <laughs> you know, comic book characters and stuff like that, it kind of starts 
the trans the translation the transition from uh-huh. you know on print to on screen isn't really the greatest uh-huh. naturally so i'm kind of like on the fence about what modok is really gonna look like and stuff like that's considering especially where it's everything is gonna be cgi yeah i was gonna ask you it does look like a cgi throw up fest very right? much so. it does look like the majority of the sets were maybe just cgi mm-hmm. stuff so i'm a little on the fence as that well as the as that as on that as well <laughs> but when it comes to modok um yeah i just have to wait and see too i'm in for it personally. oh i'm 100 percent. i'm already waiting for the notifications <laughs> to go for, live yeah to go live so i go buy my tickets i have it the thing is you caught one thing i didn't see because i saw one? full metal modok uh-huh. right when he's like wearing a mask i was like oh that's pretty cool attack but, mode attack mode modok right <laughs> but there's a modok where he has no helmet yeah you see the face you see the face i didn't see that until i saw stills and i was like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh oof, that's that's a creepy looking modok yeah it's it's darian cross right from the first ant-man yeah uh, it was uh he was yellow jacket and yeah he got shrunk and i guess his head uh, stopped shrinking at some <laughs> point <laughs> To some extent, yeah. Um, but it's cool. We we got a a, a bigger sense of what the plot is for mm-hmm. the film in this yeah. trailer. Yeah. Um. What maybe the final climactic battle might be? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. at the end it says, um, like they're fighting and Kang is like, "You couldn't have possibly hoped to to defeat me." And then Paul Rudd's, um, "I don't have to beat you. We just both have to lose." Right. All right. Which is so, chills. I'm getting yeah. chills. I'm getting chills. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like Cassie's following in the footsteps of the dad mm, and the dad being a thief and being a th- yeah. But the thing is with the dad is that he went to college, yeah, <laughs> and then he went to university and then became a thief, right? But the thing is that's what's happening to Cassie now, mm-hmm. and he, she's just like petty stuff. Well, I mean, you have to like it, it's also probably could could be part of the plot where you have to consider that you know he was gone for five years, right? They thought he was dead, so obviously, you know, not coming coming from a. Um, a home with both parents we know the statistics that that fucks up kids exactly so maybe that's why he he finds kang seeks him out maybe and hey can you take me back in time so that i could be there for her yeah yeah absolutely and it's it's so the the thing is in the trailers that since considering michael douglas uh, you know you can't have him jumping on hoops anymore no. physically and mentally mm-hmm. so um do you i my money was on him being the one the axe maybe yeah. even the mom to some extent but it's do you feel like it's they, they're gonna kill paul rudd's character yeah i was coming in with they're gonna have to kill most of them mm. you know like excuse me we 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 live in the world where the information gets, you know, it is readily accessible. So we know when, you know, how long contracts are. Uh, we know how old actors are and stuff right. like that. So we could kind of make a stipulation on our own. Uh-huh. Deals what's going to happen. I was in the in the camp that they're going to, obviously, Michael Douglas is going to go. Paul Rudd, possibly. Now yeah. I'm seeing that maybe Michael Douglas for sure and Paul Rudd. You know, ninety percent maybe, yeah, 90%, and right. you know, it also leads into the to the world where we live in now, where you know they're pushing diversity and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. why not have Michelle Pfeiffer take over the the Michael Douglas role? Mm-hmm. Have um, uh, fuck, what's her name? Uh, Evangeline Lilly. Evangeline Lilly take over the Paul Rudd role, right. and then have the his daughter be the new generation, right? Of Ant Man, of Ant Man, right? Woman, I guess, and, and kid. And, 
and Sprout. Well, he, he's her name is I think is Stature, so I guess just not <laughs> Shrinky Dink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I, yeah, because it's it's gonna be the major bad guy coming mm-hmm. into Phase Five, and you have to have him leave an impression. And what impression mm-hmm. enough to leave? Is laying one the Ant Man universe to waste. Right, right. One of the most likable characters, arguably, mm-hmm. in, in, in the MCU. Like who Paul Rudd's just very charismatic on his own as well. Yeah. And to just to lay waste. <laughs> just to lay waste to it. I read in an article that he might not even be the main bad guy, um, Kang. In this film? Right. Yeah, but I know they're making him out to be as the main bad guy, but what if he's he's at the point where he's not the conqueror quite yet? Because we mm-hmm. talked about it in the last show where what if this is a Kang that's not into genocide in the genocide phase of his life? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's more of the kind of the middle and whatever happens in his life can tip him to the good Kang or the bad Kang, which is the conqueror. Yeah, so, we know that exactly. We know that exactly. But we also know that there's multiple ones of them. Yeah. So they could easily like, hey... You know, Paul Rudd sacrifices himself, takes out Kang, takes himself out, and takes and uh, uh, Michael Douglas died in like the second act, so whatever. But there's still the Kang. He's still out there somewhere. We don't know when he's gonna show up. All we know is that he's out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even see, I'm I'm my head cannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm leaning towards that Kang um, has some sort of end that he wants to meet, and to him it seems fine. But mm-hmm. people are gonna die. But he doesn't see it that way. But but it's not his fault. Yeah, it's like the ends justify the means. Right. But the thing is, he doesn't realize that until Paul Rudd gets killed. Mm-hmm. And, he, and then I want to lean like there's gonna be two Kangs, right? There's gonna be the conqueror, but there's also gonna be the one that's. That's more good and more of a blood-stained path because he needs to learn mm-hmm. from his mistakes. The other Kang's like, yeah, let's just kill everyone. You know, and just doesn't yeah. really care. Have I'm, no starting, I'm starting to, to think like maybe like a Captain Manhattan type of situation. Mm, in what way? Where he knows he can, you know, control basically anything he wants, can destroy anything he wants. But he chooses not to intervene because that's not the way of things. Mm, and they, that's the Kang maybe from Ant-Man Quantumania it's going to be a, something similar yeah you know? yeah definitely I, and you can have the evil Doc Manhattan mm-hmm. who sees that this is his right that he can do this because who's going to stop him yeah right? and you have that Kang because it'd just be cool because uh, you can't top Thanos right you, you can't th- top that kind of build up with Thanos so have someone who's so morally like the whole universe is morally fixed on him either being good or mm-hmm. bad. If it's bad, everyone's laid to waste. Yeah. But if he's good, then I don't know. Things miraculous things happen. Maybe people come back from the dead or some to some extent with technology or time travel. Yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping that they don't turn this into Ultron. Yeah. You know, <laughs> poor Ultron. I mean, like you, you have a character who arguably was uh, like a goofy. Mm-hmm. in the comic books but you're building him up so much in the the mcu where he's gonna be oh one two movies that's it yeah you know? yeah yeah ultron amongst all of the villains are one of the biggest ones yeah like ultron in the comics was was a direct kind of influence from the avengers trying to do things differently mm-hmm. and then he and it turns out he made this whole army of robots and it's on their doorstep right the sins of the what they've done but they just made him into a one-off yeah maybe to some extent agents of shield it was a place filler right and that sucks yeah it absolutely sucks but so with kang 
to who's arguably only Fantastic Four kind of related stuff and have him be more of a bigger impact. I feel like they learned their lesson from Ultron. Hopefully. 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 <laughs> from what we saw, it's, I mean, the one who's Ultron is also a fantastic actor mm-hmm. and they can mess it up yeah. with uh, Jonathan Majors. Yeah, let's hope uh, it doesn't go like that. Yeah. February, right? February 13th, 14th, something, 17th, maybe? Yeah, that sounds right. 17th. Yeah. February. <laughs> February, yeah. Almost there. I've been your host, like always, Joel, accompanied by my good buddy Ernesto. Hey. This has been Pop Salsa. See you next week. Bye.